pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 128. Today I'm going to chat with Sven from Manicor Arms, talk about SHOT Show 2020, talk about Taryn and his precious, and discuss the trends we saw at SHOT this year. I am your host, Ava Flanell, and Sven, how are you doing? Good. I am uh, back from SHOT Show, as is everybody, and uh, knock on wood, I'm like one of three people who didn't seem to get the SHOT Show flu. And, so. I, and I'm that third person. Uh, actually, know. yes. And one of my friends was also the three of us, every single other person I've talked to or dealt with, uh, Everyone's got, caught something either there or on the way back. Yeah. So. I know this actually, I don't want to jinx myself, but this is my third shot show in a row now that I've gotten back and I've not gotten sick. So uh, I think the key is human, inter- no human interaction. You don't oh, yeah. actually shake hands. You just nope. wave at people. <laughs> yeah. You wave. If you really like them, you do an elbow bump. You don't. You can bow. You can yeah. bow. That's another one. So. Exactly. Yeah. You do the the Asian greeting. <laughs> I don't look at any of the optics. Like you don't put your eyes up to the optics. Ooh, I actually I thought of that one. Yeah. I don't even touch really most of the guns unless I'm like really interested. Then I do, and then I immediately go wash my hands. But even the hand sanitizer, I'm like, eh, not good enough. Like maybe in the time that I touch the gun to make my way to the bathroom, but I washed my hands like religiously. And then when I got back to the hotel every night, I wiped down my phone, anything I touched with like Lysol wipes. And, wow. You uh, like, you're actually more on it than me. I hadn't thought about like wiping down my, my phone and oh, stuff. Yeah. The one that always worries me is, and I don't know, you know how you do it, but when I'm at SHOT Show, I've got a lot of meetings and I'm going around and a lot of times maybe I'll have some food in, you know, my bag or whatever. And there was one morning I opened something up and I went to eat it and I just sitting there going, I, I literally just am patient zero now, like, because I opened a package and my hand touched the food. Yeah. Like you get this almost like paranoia of, Mm -hmm. of, you know, like, and the same thing where I have the little thing, I've got like three things, a hand sanitizer and one of them hangs on my bag. So like every moment I was, you talk to somebody like under the table, you're, you're wiping your hands with hand sanitizer because you don't want to be rude. Like, Oh, you're, you're like, you know, a carrier, but at the same time, you don't want to lose a week after the show. Oh, no, absolutely not. Like, I haven't been sick. I actually, right before I went to Dallas the week before, I thought I was getting sick. And I loaded up on the emergency. And then I did the Zycam stuff. But, like, the little Q-tip things that you put up your nose, Oof. which was, like, the weirdest the, thing to me. Is that the stuff that has, like, the zinc in it or yeah. whatever? I think I've heard of that. And it's, it's supposed to, you're supposed to take it, like, right when you start feeling the symptoms of a cold. And I know people that swear by this. So I'm like, screw it. What do I have to lose? Like, I cannot get sick. While I'm traveling oh. the weekend before SHOT Show. And so I just like use that stuff religiously. And this is like the first time I've ever felt like a really bad cold coming on and I just beat it. So that's, that's good. That's I had a friend who used to say just vitamin C the crap out of yourself when you start to feel bad. That's what I did too. Yeah. I'm surprised I didn't overdose on emergency because I did like six packets a day, but. <laughs> That's, I, I have a friend who got back and he said, damn it, I forgot to take my emergency because uh, he had it too. Apparently, it's like the new airborne stuff or whatever. Yeah. And he actually got sick on the flight back. He, like he, he caught something probably in the airplane, you know, wow. in the metal travel tube, as they call it. And, yeah, uh, no kidding. Well, since I've been back, I've just been kind of taking it easy. I have not even gone to work out. I haven't worked out now like in three weeks. Which is kind of sucks that I could definitely feel my body just like, uh, like become like sluggish. But I'm sure also eating cookie dough, uh, two pounds of caramel popcorn, uh, like all the junk. I had pizza like the last three days. Like it's kind of crazy. And I'm like, all right, what's going on I, with my life? 
<laughs> also have not exercised in three weeks or probably the three years before that. But, you know. <laughs> but did you eat like an entire pound of cookie dough? Because that's where I was this morning for breakfast. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much my breakfast every day. I, you know, I could live in a world and people think this is really weird. I could live in a world that had no alcohol, no drugs, no tobacco, none of that stuff. As like, long as there was sugar. It, it would. Yeah, but sugar is my is the one thing that I cannot I cannot kick. It's just it works for me and uh yeah. as silly as that sounds, I will probably regret that later in my life, but You're like um, when you have the diabetes. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um I I've made the joke about that where I uh we wouldn't even go there. So Yeah. <laughs> it's I too hear dark. <laughs> Uh, but, well, uh, yeah, it's, 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 uh, <laughs> thankfully I can still sit in chair and design stuff. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Feet are swollen, so. Yeah. Even if you I have not, to, like. For the record, I, I do not have diabetes, and actually I try to control my sugar intake at least moderately. I figure if that's the worst thing I do, it's, life's not too bad, right? You gotta enjoy yeah, something. So. Absolutely. I totally agree. Speaking of enjoying something, Manicore Arms. Uh, normally I would do an ad read right now for Manicore Arms, but I have Sven from Manicore Arms here, and we're actually going to go in and start deconstructing the industry, talking about, obviously, SHOT Show, but we're going to start with uh, something that you just recently designed. So let's get into it. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. Man, that intro, like, it's, it's I feel like we're at a Vegas show and I'm going to reveal the new, you know, yeah. the new iPhone 11 or whatever. Yeah, it's, except for it's going to be better because the thing that you just recently right. designed is, is a <laughs> lot better than every other, you know, it's like, oh, well, this one has two extra cameras on it. <laughs> Innovation. Your stuff's actually, you know, innovative. So on that note, I was able to see the Wrathworks, what is it, the Warscorp 9 in person. Yep, the Wraithworks Warscorp 9. So. And and that thing is, you did an awesome job. So just so that people are aware, so you you designed this for Wraithworks? Yes, that's correct. There was a, a few people asked me the question. They're like, oh, do you own Wraithworks? Nope, I do not. So just the background story is that about a year ago, uh, a new company called Wraithworks was formed and they were looking to do, they, they wanted to do stuff that was different, um, you know, Having been to SHOT Show, and I'm sure we can talk about this in a bit, you, you see things that just, it's the same stuff over and over. I mean, it's it's almost disappointing to see a, a new company and they're like just an AR parts assembler with yeah. whatever's off the shelf. And they're like, oh, look, it's our new gun, you know, but it's, it's just your standard parts. And what Wraithworks wanted to do was really kind of push the boundaries of what you can do, at least with this first project, uh, with an AR-15 and incorporate some new features and uh, also make it feed from a Scorpion magazine, which at the time uh, we were not aware of anybody else doing it. Uh, mm -hmm. I think one or two other companies has announced they're doing it, but we kind of took a different route from them. So if you guys haven't seen, uh, recently I posted a YouTube video where I'm talking to you going over it. So if you guys kind of want to get like an up close look at everything, but I thought you did an excellent job designing it. I mean, just... I mean, the way it looks even is, you know, it's, it's a lot different than a lot of like the PCCs that you would see out there. I even liked just even like on the upper receiver, just even that pattern where it kind of, mm -hmm. 
you know, it takes from like the handguard, the pattern of the handguard and kind of implements that on the top of the receiver. The, the whole scorpion mag thing is, is awesome, especially because they can use your, the mags that you designed for that. That, that is correct. Yeah. So, uh, being that I don't have a picture to hold up here. And even if I did, <laughs> it wouldn't really I actually don't have difference. the guns here. So one of the weird things about shot show is stuff getting shipped back. Yeah. Uh, you end up without a lot of your stuff for as much as a week. And actually, uh, later this afternoon, I'll have some of the sample guns back here where, where I can finish up some work on them. But right now I don't have anything to show, but for, for those wonderful listeners who aren't viewers, um, since I guess there's no video here, what we've done is essentially it's a, Eight and a half inch barreled nine millimeter uh, blowback AR-15 mm-hmm. that takes Scorpion magazines, and what we've done design-wise is I always like to. There's a, a quote from uh, Louis Sullivan, who was a very famous uh, turn of the not this century, previous century, so around 1900. He was a, a famous architect, and uh, it's a line I always like to kind of live by when I'm designing stuff, which is form follows function. And essentially what that means is that you make something functional, but as you're, you're incorporating that function, you kind of find what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. You don't start with just aesthetics. The aesthetics come from what features go into it. So when we started designing this gun, Wraithworks, their, their things that they told me were we want it to be fully ambidextrous controls. The one exception to that is a charging handle instead of a traditional AR charging handle, uh, especially since with traditional AR charging handles, if you're running a, a blowback gun suppressed, sometimes you'll get some gas kind of back in your eyes through mm-hmm. where the charging handle is. They wanted to go with a, a side charger that was non-reciprocating and that the handle folded out kind of like the switchback charging handles we offer. That was one of the things they knew about us and, and the Scorpion magazines that really attracted them to, uh, you know, contact us and, and want us to do the design work. So that pretty much set where everything was going from there. With the Scorpion magazines, they're wider than a standard AR-15 magazine. They won't fit in a standard AR-15 lower or upper. Right there, that says, okay, we know we're going to fit an AR-15 bolt in there. We know we're going to use an AR-15 trigger group and AR-15 barrels. That's great because those are all pretty standardized parts in the industry. And, you know, if somebody wants to put a longer barrel on or a different handguard or whatever, if we design around that stuff or a you know, a different stock or an arm brace. If we use that as kind of our, our basis, uh, we can pretty much do whatever else we want that accommodates the Scorpion magazines and, and all these other requirements they have. So the other thing they wanted was um, we designed some handguards for various people and we have our transformer rail. They liked the profile of that, but they wanted M-Lock. And then they said, you know, what we really want is to, to have a handguard. A lot of these handguards they go to the receiver and there's this kind of awkward transition in shape. And they said, we want the upper receiver to be the same profile as the handguard. So it just kind of looks monolithic along the whole length of it. And from there, that pretty much determined kind of the looks of the gun. So we have our uh, mana core. We have our normally put like little parallelogram cuts in the handguards as lightning cuts and also to kind of give it a style to it. And we've mimicked those in the upper receiver back, you know, just any, any, I don't want to say any surface because that sounds kind of haphazard, but basically we wanted to cat, catch that same parallelogram shape in the receiver. So you, it helps make it look like one kind of unified design, gives it a little bit of style. So it, it stands out and 
you know, from there, everything else kind of fell into place, which was the shape of the upper receiver kind of, and the magazines kind of determined the lower and what we were doing. And, you know, then we went with how do we put a side charging handle on it and how do we blend that in nicely with the side of the gun? So it's, it's almost unnoticeable when it's folded, but when it's out, it's very accessible. And, you know, from there, everything just kind of came together. It's got a paddle release uh, for magazines like a Scorpion would use, but we've also incorporated uh, an AR-style button on not just the one side that you would normally have it on, but both the right and left side of the gun. You can press that button. It'll activate the paddle release. You actually have three ways to release the magazine. It's got an ambidextrous safety on it, and then we've also done an ambidextrous bolt catch. So you have a a lever that kind of pops up on both sides that uh, when the bolt locks open, you can press down on that on either side, and it's the exact same control. It's not quite like a standard AR-15 bolt catch, only because without getting too technical, an AR-15 magazine, the little piece on the magazine that activates the bolt catch is in the the center rear of the magazine. And on the Scorpion magazines, it's way offset to one side. And just due to angles and leverage and things like that, we experimented with it and found that our system that we use works a little better. So for the most part, if you're familiar with an AR-15, you've still got the button, the safety, the bolt catch is in the same spot. And basically, if you understand the function of a standard AR bolt catch, this one's not hard at all. And you can shoot it left-handed, right-handed, you know, switch hands in in mid-shooting, and it'll run just like you're used to. And Mm -hmm. then the charging handle is on the side, so it's out of the way. You don't get gas in your face. And ejects to the right like a standard AR because that's necessary with the bolt carrier we use. Mm -hmm. But that, you know, that pretty much was it. And uh, I guess what Wraithworks really told me is they said, hey, and this is for a designer, this is like the most awesome thing to hear. They said, we want all these features and we want anything else awesome you can think of in the design. <laughs> nice. And, and it's like, you never get that. I mean, that's like, you know, that's like, not to say I'm Michelangelo, but it's like Michelangelo and they're like, go paint the Sistine Chapel, do whatever you want, pick the colors you want. And as long as we're, ha- you know, it looks good, we're happy. So I got to say as a, as a customer, you know, we've done design work for other people and all of them are great to work with, but this is like, this is like a designer's playground, you know, mm-hmm. getting, getting that opportunity where they just wanted to see how far we could take the design and they really didn't dial it back at all. You know, they've, they've really crunched the numbers. They're hoping to get to like a thousand dollar MSRP, you know, if they can get under it even better. So they want to incorporate a lot of function, not just the same old thing that's all out there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely. And I think you did an awesome job designing it and really separating it from all the guns out there. Because like you said, it's, it's like, you just continue to see the exact same thing and it's like, you know, just different name, but same exact design. And it just gets so boring after a while. Yeah, And there's the AR 15, you know, in a specific, this is an AR 15. It's a very hybridized AR 15. One Mm -hmm. might say, because the AR 15 actually, when, Wraithworks first came to us, they said, do you think you could fit a Scorpion magazine in an AR-15? And I played with it. I said, yeah, I think we could do this. Uh, It turned out to be a little more of a technical challenge than we expected initially. Uh, The bolt catch in particular was a lot of work, but a lot of companies, I think they just want to crank out, you know, the same thing. You see, you can get nine millimeter guns anywhere for ARs, but they're all Glock mag fed. You know, Mm -hmm. you might see a few with Colt mags and, Part of it was aesthetics. They just liked the way the mag looked in there. Part of it was there's a lot of aftermarket support for those magazines now. Yeah, the Manicore one included. But 
they just felt you could don't have to do the same thing and being different is a it's you know innovation is a word that's probably thrown around too much but they wanted to do something that was new and different because they felt there are better solutions to what's current that that you can come up with you know maybe it's not for everybody but the idea is if you like scorpion mags if you like paddle mag releases if you like fully ambi controls if you you know like to shoot suppressed if you like charging handles that are easily accessible with your offhand, all of these things can be incorporated. And it's, you know, it was a lot of work, but it's not, it's not impossible and Mm -hmm. it it works, Mm -hmm. you know, and that gives the end user a lot more of a gun, uh, you know, as opposed to everything else that's out there, you can get something new and different. Yeah. And what is MSRP on this? It's not officially set because uh, they're still trying to, you know, we, we had some different triggers in them, binary triggers, ALG defense and other things at the show. Okay. I say we as in I was the guy who ended up assembling them for the show. So I say we a lot about this. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's my baby. Yeah, <laughs> it's my yeah. first official gun to launch at SHOT Show. So for me, this is a proud thing. But the, the MSRP depends a little bit on final choice on trigger and a few component designs that were, you know, uh, finishing up, uh, making some final calculations on. Long story short, they're aiming for a $1,000 MSRP. You know, it might be a few bucks over. Mm-hmm. If they can get it lower than that, they they want to. But that was the original design goal was to be $1,000 or less for the gun. Okay. Uh, and then I one... think... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I think for, you know, there are there going to be, uh, without naming names, there are some other companies that have talked about doing, you know, that have shown some Scorpion mag-fed guns at, I think there's one, maybe two others. Uh, that showed it at shot and they may be a little less expensive, but they're very having handled at least one of them. They're serviceable guns, but they're, they're your bare bones guns. Mm-hmm. And this was, this is more meant to be a, a mid range gun. I'd say, uh, maybe I'm clouded on what mid range is price wise, you know, and you, uh, get guns all day at the shop for <laughs> to right. play with. But the point was to, you know, okay, it's a little more expensive than the cheapest gun you could get that'll be out there ultimately with Scorpion mags, but it's got a lot of features on it, you know, and that costs money to put that in. It costs money to manufacture. I mean, the R&D work, there's a ton of R&D that went into this because we basically designed an AR from the ground up Mm -hmm. and completely redesigned everything on the upper and lower receiver to make it as compatible as a normal AR yet have all these features. Definitely. So, and when do you guys expect to launch this gun? Uh, Wraithworks, the goal is to have it out by the NRA show in okay. April. Uh, if we can, if we can get out sooner, it'll get out sooner. Uh, we've got one little thing left to do in testing mm-hmm. and basically it's, it's all systems go after that. That might actually be getting done this week or next week, depending on how busy Sven is. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we're, you know, we're, the, the goal is to have it out ASAP, uh, you know, and they're actually the reaction to it so far. I've gotten nothing but email and praise and, you know, people mm-hmm. interested in ordering them, even though we didn't even have an official price yet. So, mm-hmm. nice. you know, okay, I'm cool. happy about that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. I'm going to take a quick break and talk about SB Tactical. So SB Tactical, that was the booth that you had the gun that I saw, uh, the gun for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it had an SB Tactical brace on it, correct? 
Yes, that was actually forgot to mention that it's an SBA three brace on it, and I also have to thank uh, SB Tactical didn't do that for anything except they are cool people to work with. Um, they are. We've worked with them a lot. I I can sing the praises of their product, but I will let you do that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thanks. Well, the SBA three <laughs> is actually one of my favorite braces, and I think that I mean it's just you see it. I think it's the most versatile out of all the braces. It's adjustable. I mean, it's just. I think it's perfect for any PCC or, you know, any, really any gun. I mean, it doesn't even have to be a PCC. Like you could easily replace your stock with this brace and you really wouldn't know much of the difference. So, um, so I would definitely recommend check them out. They also have a bunch of adapters too, and they're really affordable. They're like 60 to $50. But if you use the code gunfunny15, you will get 15% off. And that is at sb-tactical.com. All right, so Sven, let's talk about some of the other stuff that we've seen at Shot. There was sure. a, a quite a there was actually quite a few like new launches. And there was a you know it's it's funny um you get back from Shot and a lot of times you see videos 2 or 3 days later and you're like, "Oh damn, I wish I had known that was right. there." You know, there's just it is hard to explain to anybody how many things there are to look at and it's it's not like you really have a roadmap for it. Mm-hmm. You get there and you just have to wander by. And, you know, if your days are like my days, which it sounded like they are, I've got meetings like every hour. I'm meeting with people. I might happen to walk by a booth. But unless somebody says, oh, man, did you see the so-and-so, sometimes you don't know to go check it out. Oh, I know. They actually should just start having like a section on the SHOT Show website, like all of the new products. Because you're right. Like, unless it's like, oh, hey, did you go over and check this out? And between you and I, I was so freaking busy this shot show. Like, <laughs> this was my busiest show. I probably only made it to like 10 boots. I'm not even kidding. I really was not able to walk around at all this year. And I was there for an entire week, but I was just, I was so freaking busy. I didn't even go to a single party, which is. Yeah, me neither. I was in, uh, I was in bed by 10 each night because I had early morning meetings the next day. And, you know, you can always get into the, is there time to party or not? Right. I know some people pull it through. I, I'm not that person. Yeah. I, I personally, I had to be on my A game like every day. So yeah. I did have like a bunch of dinner meetings and stuff, but I was probably back in my hotel by like 12. So, but, uh, some of the stuff that came out. So I saw, uh, Franklin Armory. They created a 1022 binary trigger, which sounds pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Wasn't able to check that out, but I was like, hmm, okay, that's, that's kind of. Yeah, One of those things. Honestly, you... of all the binary triggers, and, and I should mention, uh, the Wraithworks had their gun at the, the Franklin Armory range day, uh, two of the guns set up with binaries. And, you know, my binaries aren't my thing, not to sound elitist, but. No, it's, it's not do, really my I, thing I either. Can do post samples and stuff, but I, I totally get the market space. But it almost seems like a 1022, makes that sense. makes sense for a binary. Yeah. Cause that would be fun and not expensive. And you're not using it as, you know, your your house gun or whatever. It's yeah. just a, a toy to enjoy. Uh, that sounds like fun. That, yeah. that one I might do. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, out of all the binary triggers out there, that one makes sense. Diamondback, they came out with the DBX-57, which it's, uh, you know, it's a pistol chambered in uh, 57 by 28. And... It's kind of an AR-based pistol, yeah, right? Like a, yeah, a so it's not one where you can fold the stock on it. Exactly. So. Yeah, so it's not I, a handgun, but it classifies I won't lie, as a pistol. I had to actually look that up when I when I heard about it uh, when when I saw you mention it yesterday. Uh, yeah. Before we, you know, when we were talking about the show for today, man, they 
Diamondback, I would not have expected them out of that. You know, no, you kinda, I know. For me, I think a Diamondback is like the inexpensive pocket pistol people, but it's mm-hmm. great to see, like, they put a lot of time into that. I, I saw the video and was really impressed. So. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Cause you're right. They, they either make kind of like lower end handguns or I guess like less expensive ARs and stuff, but they also have some that in my opinion are a little bit overpriced as far as some of their ARs go. So I'm, I haven't always been like a big fan of their stuff, but this, this actually looks really nice. It looks like they put a lot of time and effort into it. And I'm excited to see 5.7, another gun that's 5.7, because with Ruger launching their 5.7, really the only other yeah. guns that are on the market are the FN, uh, the, what, the P90 or PS90, mm-hmm. and then the, um, what is it? The, I know uh, the 5.7. They've got their, their, well, they have the one that takes a uh, 5.7 AR that takes the FN 5.7 mags, but mm-hmm. they actually, I just happened to see that, and I, I'm assuming they had it at, shot show but they um they actually have ar style mags that are kind of sleeved on the inside they're like ground mm-hmm. up manufactured that take five seven and they're now offering uh five seven ars that have a 40 round ar style magazine and it was actually wow. it, it's like the renaissance of this round that's been around for forever and, and it's it just now just starting like, to finally bloom yeah maybe it's and you know i think the problem with the five seven is not the round itself i think it's a you know, it's it's a mid power. It's not really a rifle round. It's not really a pistol round. It's kind of like the modern thirty carbine. Uh-huh. But there just weren't any guns for it um, yeah. to really make it popular. Yeah. And so it even seemed like FN didn't care that much about it. Yeah. Here and there. I know. And and honestly, I'm I'm hopeful that this will actually drive the price and ammo down, just because yep. there's more guns, you know, being created, chambered in that round. But personally, like I always said, like, hey, zombie apocalypse happens. My go to like backpack gun is going to be like the, you know, the PS90 because 50 rounds of five, seven, I think it'll definitely do some damage. And yet, you know, mm-hmm. it's easy to transport. I, let's be honest. If you get, you know, getting shot by five, five, six, getting shot by five, seven, if, if, if you got hit by that in the apocalypse, you know, or whatever in civil unrest, you got a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got a hole in you. Yeah. Regardless true. how big the hole is. So. Exactly. The gun that was named, I don't know, Gun of Shot, and this is by Recoil Magazine. So, uh, you know, take that with a grain of salt, but the Lancer Lago Alien 9mm pistol. Mm-hmm. So that- I Actually, uh, actually, and not everybody knows this, but Lago Arms is, uh, Ian Lekansky. He's actually the guy who originally developed the CZ Scorpion. So that's the what Scorpion I found Evo. out recently. It was an earlier generation and then they, they did some changes at CZ to, for the final gun, but, uh, he actually came up with that and then left CZ after he finished that to start his own company to make these pistols. Oh, interesting. So. Yeah. I actually just found that out a few days ago. Somebody mentioned that he designed the CZ, the Scorpion. So that's pretty cool. This gun looks badass. I think, I think it's actually like you can see where the, the bore, the access is extremely low. So it looks like it's extremely flat shooting. Um, it has like a, a high cutout, you know, where the grip is so that you can get like a really nice grip on it. So it looks like it would, you know, basically shoot with like next to no recoil. The only thing that I'm like, that I didn't <laughs> like, and you already know where I'm going with this is the $5,000 price tag. Oh, maybe that's 5,000 check dollars. You oh know, gosh, we can hope. I, you know what? I got to say, Jan, when he designed this gun, you, you see it and there is no compromise anywhere. He, it is a piece of art. He, he did exactly what he wanted. 
you know, I think my understanding is he left CZ. It's, you know, it was whatever amenable, but he, he knew what he wanted to do for his next project. And he didn't want to have anybody telling him how to make changes or things. Mm-hmm. He wanted to put the exact gun out there that he wanted. You know, I haven't seen the internals. I've heard a few things about it, how it was built. You know, is the $5,000 price tag because it costs that much to make? Well, I mean, you know, starting up from scratch with a pistol is not a, a cheap deal. Mm-hmm. Will they stay at 5000 Because I, I think that's, isn't that the initial like limited edition launch? And then they said there'll be like a mass production one that. That's what I heard. You know, yeah. You, you know, the who, what's the price on that? Is it three grand, four grand? I don't know. Um, but, you know, maybe. You know, I think the only main reason all of us are like, oh, five grand is none of us would want to spend that on a pistol. But maybe there's people out there and oh, yeah. you know, maybe I mean, that's what bootstraps the project to the point where he can offer yeah. a more affordable version to the public. You know, I mean, it's certainly how much free marketing has he gotten out of the fact that it's a crazy pistol and the price tag? Everybody True. talks about it. True. Good or bad. It gets the name around. And so. honestly, after going to the Dallas Safari Club show where mm-hmm. people were buying like $500,000 shotguns. I'm like, Oh, huh, 5k. Yeah. No worries. That's like literally a $20 bill in their wallet. Like they don't care. <laughs> yeah. And um, if, you know, I believe, didn't he design it also to be big on uh, like the competition shooting market? Yeah, I mean, I it, mean if it looks like it, it looks, it's very similar. If you guys haven't seen it, it, to me, it looks very similar to the, like the CZ shadow, like almost like yeah. a beefed up CZ shadow. Yeah. If you, if you, if you saw a, um, like a silhouette of it, that that would probably be the first thing you'd think. I mean, uh-huh. it's, it's got a little lower bore axis and all that. And, mm-hmm. but, and I, uh, and I, I uh, reviewed the CZ Shadow. I thought that gun shot really well too. But uh-huh. again, even I think it has like a $2,000 price tag on it. And for me, it's like, man, I... I got to change my career up or something because like these guns <laughs> Maybe you that need to I want a professional shooter. Right? I know. I know because I mean, these guns I'm like uh yeah, I'm not going to be able to afford that. I have a tickles to feed, okay? And yeah. you know She expects a certain lifestyle, right? Exactly. Like she might be small <laughs> but like her food's expensive, okay? So yeah. I can't just be selfish and just go out and buy that $5,000 pistol. <laughs> I I think yeah, I think if you understand it in you know, if they're, if he is aiming or they, you know, depending on anyone to view it as Lago or Jan, but I would say if that gun is targeted for, cause I, a lot of things I had heard was they're, they're trying to get it approved for, I don't know the difference between ISPC and IDPA. I'm, somebody's gonna, you're gonna get hate mail from that one. But if it's designed for that competition shooting market and that's the pistol you use, you know, and that helps you win, if that gives you that nth degree edge over yeah. the competition, then I can absolutely understand the price tag on yeah. it because, you know, it's like, it's like owning a race car or a race motorcycle or a high performance piece of gear where yes, it's expensive, but you know, well, prices and the, go the amount of up. money that people put in their race guns anyways. So yeah. for the, it's just like, you're kind of just getting something that's like already great out of the box as opposed to having to replace a few parts and stuff. So yeah. Are, are we literally defending a $5,000 price tag right yeah, now? Yeah, we that are. what we're doing? <laughs> yeah, we are. Why are we doing this? <laughs> I did not see myself doing that in this conversation. But Okay, uh, we got to move on. Gosh, okay, what is going on with us? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> we're like, yeah, you know, and if I just like, maybe if I could sell tickles. Like, I remember I paid like $2,500 for her. I mean, she's a little oh old, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> People who call her a chihuahua, I'm like, uh, no, she's much more expensive than a chihuahua. That's right. I've got a, a half chihuahua and she wasn't near that much. She was uh, probably my, like $50 my at was the more in Humane the, Society. Uh, the high point range. So. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> yeah. Tickles is probably like that $5,000 gun. But if I traded wow. her and maybe uh, like two of my ARs, I might be able to buy that gun. So now I'm thinking about it. 
Well, you just need to get a sponsorship so you get one for T&E. Right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, one of the things that was not so expensive was the Sig Sauer Cross Rifle. So Sig, you know, their stuff can be kind of pricey sometimes, but they created or they came up with this cross rifle. In previous episodes, I said it's very similar to the Fix, which is funny because um, some of the Sig guys, they listen to the podcast and they're like, how dare you compare it to that? But it looks very similar. <laughs> It's the same damn gun. It's it does look similar. <laughs> I mean, but it's not having... the same damn gun. It's the same damn concept. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's literally adjustable stock and chassis and and all that. I mean, I mean, it, you definitely can see the lineage, but mm-hmm. but it did actually shoot a lot different. So I mean, I have the fix. I was able to shoot the cross rifle. I went to. I was invited to Sig's range day, which. Dang, they, this is the first time I went and they put on a hell of a freaking range day because before that I, I've always gone to like the media range day. And, uh-huh. and I mean, that's nice and it's cool because there's so many different vendors and you can shoot all the different guns and stuff. But SIG was kind of like a, a much polished, much more polished range day. And you know, if, if we're to talk about companies, SIG, they seem to go through generations of their guns faster than most people go through underwear. But, you know, yeah. it's probably a going commando joke in there yeah. somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you get the MPX and MCX and all these guns have constant changes to mm-hmm. them. But man, oh, well, look they, at the 320. They, yeah, but they know what their target audience is. Mm-hmm. I think their target audience is, is law enforcement and military and these big contracts and they know how to put on a polished performance. I think a lot of the changes have to do with requests from big agencies that want this or this or this. And to them, it's just, well, let's just tweak the gun so it, it meets those requirements. I mean, mm-hmm. they haven't, they've gotten a couple of, uh, was it the personal defense weapon one, I think, recently? And there was a couple of things they've, they've gotten or secret service or. Oh, yeah. They've, even they've signed they, a lot of contracts recently and yeah, they and didn't even have to pay off any politicians to get it. Yeah, well, I mean, other than polished range days and yeah. whatever. So. Well, but I mean, figured that's like <laughs> no, open to people in the industry and there wasn't like a ton of media there. And I don't know. Yeah. I actually, I will say like they, they really did a great job and I do appreciate like even all of the employees there, a lot of them knew who I was and they were just like really hospitable, like took me around, introduced me to people. Yeah. And I was able to shoot the cross rifle, which I was only able to shoot three rounds, which kind of sucked, but, and I had to wait online for like, I joked in my YouTube video like 20 minutes, but it was probably like mm, 40 minutes. <laughs> so I kind of wish that they had maybe a few more of those guns on the line so that, you know, I didn't have to wait as long. But it was still a really cool experience. I thought the gun shot really well. I think that the gun, of course, now that I'm on the spot, but I think it was like, I don't know. I want to say MSRP was $1,600. Let me see if I can look real quick. I mean... That's not cheap, but for, that, that's a, meant to be a precision rifle, right? So that's, I think in that, that bracket, yeah. it's acceptable. And I mean, not to compare it directly to the fix, but that's like really what it's cost. gunning for is that same market. Mm-hmm. It's, that's what half the price of the fix. I'm, I, yeah. I should know the prices here. No, um, it's more than like half the price. So. Okay. But yeah, I think it was like, I don't know, I want to say anywhere from 12 to $600. So it was really, really priced well considering, especially because mm-hmm. when you get into like long range shooting in these types of guns, I mean, it's not cheap. Right. So, and it, it's just, it's just precision manufacturing makes a difference in that mm-hmm. stuff. You know, it, at a hundred meters, 
even the worst AR is going to be able to hit a target. But yeah, when you start getting to that stuff, it really does make a difference. Mm-hmm, definitely. What, uh, did you get to try the new, what was the ammo? The 277 SIG? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the 277 Fury. And I also Ooh. posted a, a video. Yeah. <laughs> I also put a, posted a video on that. So this is kind of crazy. It is $69 per 20 rounds. So what's, what makes it special? I mean, you can always change caliber. You can change case shape to me. And I, I am firmly in the five, five, six, three Oh eight, nine millimeter, 45 ACP, 22 long rifle camp. Like we do not here in the shop have a lot of crazy calibers. I think we have one gun in 300 blackout just so we could do some R and D work on something, but I don't, I don't get all these tweaks. And to me, it's always, see, I'm already talking it down. I don't even know anything about it. Yeah. Um, well, my perception of it is when you bring out a new caliber, it's going to die. It, the, the chance of it being adopted and being successful is so slim, you know? Yeah. But what makes it a, uh, what's that, $12 around, you know? It's got so, magic fairy dust in oh, there. Or? Oh, I know. So, So I don't know a ton. I think it's... So I do remember looking at the cartridge and there was like three pieces, uh, as opposed to $3 around. I did my math backwards, but go ahead. (laughs) And, um, and actually, so it has the same diameter as like a 308. I, I'm pretty sure that they didn't think of this. It was just that the military, they wanted something kind of similar to this for like a a belt fed machine gun, which sounds freaking crazy because it's like, okay, cause this ammo is not expensive, but let's just shoot it like it's, you know, like we're Remember, the military is spending our tax dollars, so they're not too worried about that. So uh, I, know. I believe it was there was a a guy in the military I I know, and uh, he said there's no no better kill than overkill. He said if I have to choose between one caliber and a heavy caliber, I'm just going to shoot the heavy heavy caliber because my life depends on it, and the taxpayer will buy another dollar right. <laughs> worth of ammo. So I know, and then I think I also heard that this this caliber it shoots three. 3,000 feet per second out of a 16-inch okay, so it's, barrel. it's meant to be a very high-velocity flat shooter. It yeah. Is, it sounds like what it's kind of they're yeah. gunning for there. But, again, I only shot three rounds. Nothing substantial enough to, like, really, you know, come up with uh, much of an opinion about it. But, overall, having shot the fix and then having shot the uh, cross-rifle, there was definitely a difference. I thought it was enjoyable to shoot. But as far as like, uh, specifications and stuff, they are very similar. You know, the two are very similar. So, gotcha. yeah. So is your take cautiously optimistic on that then? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I actually, I'm going to contact them and see if I can get one for review and maybe do a comparison. Maybe they'll give you 20 rounds of ammo to shoot. Yes. I know. There right? you go. And you have to wait less than 40 minutes to shoot three rounds. What is that? 12 rounds a minute, something like yeah. that. 12 minutes a round. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's funny because I put out that video and people are like, oh my God, Ava, you're so negative. Well, that's what one person said. He's like, you're so negative. How about you're not in a, a sewing circle? This is SHOT Show 2020. Have you ever noticed how the one person who's negative is the one that drives you nuts? Like everybody can say something positive and it's not you. It's me too. I see it yeah. too. We. Well, you're just to- like, you're like, what? What do you mean I'm negative in this video? Like, I was joking around, 
like I joked around with one of the one of the employees there who happened to be the same employee that I interviewed at Turacon. And I think he kind of hates me deep down because I was like, yeah, I called him his last name's love and I called him lover boy. But he's actually <laughs> him and I are actually like on pretty good terms. Like we talked for a while before I even put him on behind camera and he came up to me. It's not even like I came up to him. So we were like talking, you know, and joking around and stuff. So he doesn't hate me. But I guess if you don't know that and you don't understand my sense of humor, which is very dry, I guess maybe I can come off as kind of a bitch, but I don't know. I'm like, some people are just like, seriously, just get a life, get a life. Yeah. So in the gun industry, I think you have to have a thick skin. Um, Oh yeah. Which I, I definitely do. Maybe a little too. Well, and I, I think you get, you know, about shot show, you see so much stuff that everybody's convinced their thing is the new hot thing, like mm-hmm. a knife that is a vertical foregrip. And mm-hmm. we're not going to talk any more about that one. But <laughs> you see all these things, you know, that you're like, what were you thinking? You yeah. get really, you get just kind of get numb to it. I think yeah. it's hard well, to see a lot of stuff. I mean, it's, it's very hard to come up with a new product, something that's truly different. You know, even the, even our Wraithworks gun here that we developed for Wraithworks, the Warscorp, it's still a derivative product from an AR. We, mm-hmm. you know, when I say we designed it ground up, I certainly did all the design work to, you know, for the receivers and everything, but I did have the platform of the AR just as a starting point. It was not completely ground up. So yeah. you see a lot of stuff and you just start to, after years and years, uh, it's like going to the local gun show and yeah. you see the same couple of guys that have the same stuff at their table every year and you can't figure out what's a big deal about it anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that just, well, and that's yeah. probably how I react also when, you know, when I do products and stuff, cause I don't really fake anything. Like I have a hard time like faking that I even yeah. like somebody or something. So what you see is kind of what you get. Plus I have natural resting bitch face, but it's like one of those things where, you <laughs> that's, know, that's why this is an audio podcast. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's like one of those things where, you know, people are like, where they say like, Hey, do something you love. You'll never work a day in your life. Well, you could love Italian food, but if you eat Italian food every day, like you're going to get tired of it. So. And let me tell you folks, it is a smorgasbord of Italian every year at shot right? or Swedish or, or whatever. Mexican, (laughs) whatever, whatever you you desire. Yep. Oh, Imagine man. being force fed Chinese food for five solid days and then going home with the and I'm too. and I'm Jewish and I like Chinese food like that's <laughs> like the you know the food of my people. <laughs> well, you have to. That's your Christmas Eve. Food, exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. One of the guns that came out that's like starting to get a lot of slack is the Glock 44. That's now. I mean, yeah, it, which is crazy because I really like Glock. Like I, I typically use Glock for most of my self defense firearms, mm-hmm. just because they're reliable. I shoot them well, and so it's a little disappointing to see that you know the Glock forty four is already having so many issues. When yeah, Glock you know, seems to be a pretty good company that doesn't just man. release products for the sake of releasing them. The uh, Glock is, and I don't mean this as a uh, disparaging comparison. Glock is now the vanilla of pistols. It is by the thing by which everything else is judged. You know, it's, it, it works. You don't have to think about it. My carry guns too are Glocks, you know, various, I got 17s, I got a 42, I got a 43X, all of that stuff because I know how it works. It's, it's a relatively straightforward system that's scaled up and down. You know what you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, the, the Glock 44 for people who haven't really tuned in. You know, the question is, what is the sample size? It's always hard to tell with internet feedback of is it the same people running around saying something. But I've seen a couple of videos of 
the slide is sheet metal is a, some sheet metal construction that's over molded with plastic to mm-hmm. keep it light enough for a 22 long rifle. Slides are cracking. They're blowing extractors out of battery detonations. What else? The magazines. I've heard a few people say the magazines are a little wonky to feed the last two rounds sometimes if you don't load them right, which some 22s have had that issue before. Mm-hmm. And, and also, I think from what I've heard, anything under 40, 40 grain doesn't necessarily feed right. Yeah. Um, but I, or it, it won't cycle the gun. And yeah. I, which is you know, kind of typical for a lot of 22s right out of the box. Yeah. I mean, with the weight range and the power level, when you're getting to 36 grains, there's just not a lot of energy in there to cycle anything. I mean, they went with a plastic slide and the thing still can't cycle it. I'm, I'll give them a pass on that one. But, uh, you know, out of battery detonations and slides blasting uh, is bad. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I think the thing that caught me about it was – there have been 22 conversions of the Glock out and even licensed. Was it ISSC some years ago? Did the 22 long rifle versions of Glocks, you know, as, a, as a, I think they were an airsoft company actually, and they were building 22 pistols that looked like Glock 19s and 17s under license. And they ran fine as far as I know. And mm-hmm. so you've got what a decade or more of people making 22 caliber Glocks and then Glocks campaign comes out, which have you seen their their advertising campaign for that? It's like girls camping and in yoga pants and walking around. It, it's like they don't even know what their message was with this pistol, <laughs> right? I didn't it, actually like, didn't, it, but if, I. If you get it, if anybody gets, if you haven't seen this, you have to look it up. Uh, I showed it to my wife, and her words were, "What the not repeatable?" You know, uh-huh. like it was. She's like, "What is this for?" Like, is it? She thought it was like a Saturday Night Live commercial, like a joke oh, commercial. Man. Because they're talking about how they don't make anything that people may have come before with a product, but they make the perfect version of it. And man, talk about that being like biting you in yeah. the butt if yeah. this is really as spread as everybody thinks. Right. So. Uh, the Colt Python is back. They just made a 2020 version, which I don't know a ton about revolvers. I'm not, I mean, I know about them. Like there's not really much to know, but. I'm not a huge revolver fan, but I know that there's a lot of people that are excited about this. It comes in six inches and I believe 4.25 inches. Yeah. Which, um, you know, Colt doesn't, I don't think they really make much to their own stuff. I'm sure somebody else makes the Python for mm-hmm. them. Oh yeah. Boy, you can tell where my opinion is on this, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, um, you know, as long as they run reliably, which I've heard there's a few issues with triggers on them. I don't know. My brother is very big into revolvers. He in, he works here at the company too. And he said that, uh, what he had heard and, you know, this is all scuttlebutt too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can only learn so much so quick here before, <laughs> after a shot, but he had heard that they had tried to quote simplify the trigger group. And my brother actually does pistol smithing. He, he's done work on revolvers, you know, tuning triggers and all that stuff. And he kind of shrugged his shoulders. He's like, what the heck is there to simplify? Really? I, I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. Just stick with what works and be happy with it. So. Yeah, exactly. Another 22 is the new Ruger Mark V 10 inch barrel. Huh. Yeah. That, that's what I got. Huh. Yeah. Okay. I know. I know. I was like 10 inch barrel. That's kind of crazy. Cause I mean, didn't they say, and again, I don't, I don't know if this is true or not, but I mean, I know with like rifles, they're now starting to realize like, Hey, after a certain length, you're not getting any more accuracy. So most people are now, you know, like they, 
they're no longer using like 22 inch barrels. They're going back to like 18. Don't, yeah, don't quote me on that. You can only get so much velocity out of a cartridge. Uh-huh. And so after a certain barrel length, I actually, like the Russians, you, you see that a lot of their newer AK models have like 12 inch barrels. Uh, if they're in 762.39, I, I think they did the math and found they really weren't getting anything out of those, you know, a 16 inch barrel. It really wasn't giving them any more power. The accuracy doesn't really change other than your sight radius. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was kind of thinking the same thing when I, when I thought, heard that 10 inch barrel, I, I would think the cartridge might actually start to slow down a bit, you know, mm-hmm. but may, maybe not. Maybe you're using really high powered, you know, yeah. mini mags or maxi mags. And if it's the sight radius is super long, but mm-hmm. I yeah, know. I don't know. That is selling for six forty five or seven fifteen, depending if it's the blued or stainless model. I would be interested to kind of do a side by side comparison on that. And then HK, their SB five. Did you were you able to check that one out? I know what an MP five looks like. So. Okay, okay. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I I am a little ambivalent towards that, uh, mostly because a lot of the guns in our shop, like we have a full auto MP five clone and stuff like that, and you know you either have to permanently modify or modify them, AKA butcher mm-hmm. them. And, yeah. uh, the HK crowd to me, the thought of turning that into a post sample, I think most people would throw up or get pitchforks and torches. And I'm glad to see they're bringing it out. I think for the collector, this mm-hmm. is pretty cool. You know, like if you're an HK fan, I'm, I'm glad to see HK is getting into what the civilian market wants, even if it's more of like a collector's edition. Cause what's the price? 20, I don't know. I was, was going to ask it you was that. Somewhat, it's pretty high, you know, but it, my understanding is they're actually building them in Germany with German labor. So it's, mm. it's like as legit as you're going to get is, right. uh, were Hans you, and Franz put that together for you. Were so. you able to go to the SB or I'm sorry, S, uh, PSA SB technical booth? No, I was I'm there sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. I'm still tired from shot, uh, the Me PSA too. booth and look at their MP5 clone. I did not see their MP5 clone. Actually, I was more interested in the supposed Scorpion uh, MagFed AR they had there, which I got to look at. You know, didn't Palmetto, they were talking about it last year. Yeah, so this has been going on since I think 2018. But they are saying now this year, this is the year that they're going to finally release it. I did have a sit-down interview with the engineer and, Uh and I was able to handle the gun. It actually, I mean, it seems pretty freaking legit. Like I've heard rumors that they're trying to get it down to price point of a thousand dollars. They don't have a definite MSRP yet because they're still working on it. So there's no way for them to release that, but they're trying to make it as affordable as possible. And I have a feeling that this is probably going to be the least expensive MP5 clone on the market when it does hit the market. You know, if they could even get a 1200 buck MSRP, so figure it's out the door at 1100, you know, 1099. I would, I would buy it. I would buy Um, it for that price. You know, Palmetto State has, in, from what I gather, has a bit of a reputation of, uh, their quality control maybe isn't the best, you know, or at least that was the the reputation in the bat, the the past. And it may just be the volume of stuff they do. They, and I think, I think that they are doing a lot to try to, you know, just make sure that their products are, are definitely made a little bit better. Like they're trying to get more quality control. I think, by buying a lot of a lot of the machines where now everything's kind of made in house they have mm-hmm. a lot more control over that so i have definitely seen their their quality increase i would say even like you know even 4 or 5 years ago is definitely kind of eh, you know if he has to what you got but i personally anything that i've gotten from them i think 
so far is is done well. It's I haven't had any issues, but yeah, that's not I, to say that I, they've they've worked I, out all the kinks. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say that's not to say they've worked out all the kinks on everything, but I kind of think that they're definitely taking their time with this. I mean, it's been a few years, and I think the last thing they want to do is like release a gun that's you know that's had so much so much hide over that. You only get one first launch exactly. unless you're in the video game industry and then you just release it in beta and let the customers find all the problems and then patch it. But yeah, you know, I, I actually, I got to agree with you a hundred, hundred percent, maybe 110 if I'm allowed to that. Yeah. I, I think some years ago, PSA may have been buying, you know, I think a lot of the stuff they were selling was they'd buy closeout lots from other companies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I think as they've transitioned more to their in-house manufacturing their in-house gun building, you know, their business model. I think one of the reasons they can keep their price point down, I was discussing with somebody else. If you notice, you don't buy Palmetto State stuff anywhere else except for Palmetto State. So they're actually doing, they don't wholesale or dealer or anything like that. It's all direct through them. And I think because they eliminate some of those layers, that's actually how they're able to keep that price point down yet still they're still really building at a quality level that's somewhat comparable to everybody else mm-hmm. I should, i'll just say comparable somewhat sounds backhanded insulting and it's not meant to be yeah but yeah it's it's interesting to see that and we've seen i've seen this and other people have noticed this all over the industry you're starting to see all sorts of companies that were dealers or you know like basically are at the end where they buy product i think the p mag is a good example palmetto state Brownells, Joe's Gun Shop, they all sell a PMAG, right? And they people have kind of figured out in the last few years that these companies, well, it really comes to when you're selling a product that everybody makes that's available anywhere, people are going to go where it's cheapest. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's two cents cheaper at Palmetto State, they're going to go buy at Palmetto State. And I think what a lot of these companies like Palmetto and Brownells are, are two good examples have figured out is you got to have your own product line these days, something unique that nobody else offers, you know? So you got the Brownells 180, Palmetto State's doing their the PSA 5, you know, all these different guns that they're offering exclusively directly from them. And I think that might actually be the business model. We see more companies head towards in the next, you know, five or 10 years here that you see a lot of in-house exclusives of what they offer because there's honestly less layers of people you got to pay when you do it that way. Yeah, definitely. And then one last product that I want to highlight, and I picked this because you specialize in bullpups, is the Escort BTS Bullpup Shotgun. Oh, man. Are I didn't get a chance that? to check that out at all. Yeah, is that I the one that looks a little bit like a Tavor or something? It does, yeah. I think, you know what? I think I actually had one in the shop here for like a week. Somebody loaned to me to look at. I'm not going to waste time looking at it because I'd have to dig that up on the internet. Yeah. And I am totally unprepared. It's not fair. She typed that in here. No, it's it's cool. (laughs) Apparently, (laughs) I'm like, well, it uh, was there before, but it it apparently shoots 12 gauge or 410, which is interesting because I actually also saw an AR, I think from American Tactical Imports, uh, an AR that shoots the 410 shotgun shell as well. You know, it's it's interesting to see. You know, certainly, I think uh, the and to step back, the Palmetto State gun, um, the PSA five. We are seeing a pistol caliber resurgence. Like everybody in the industry has seen that, you know, pistol Glock mag fed ARs, mm-hmm. the Scorpion mag fed AR, you know, AR that we designed for whatever reason. And we're not quite sure why we're seeing that. I think part of it is ammo cost, you know, nine millimeter pistol calibers, half the cost, but mm-hmm. you're actually seeing shotguns really 
come back with a vengeance. Yeah. You know, it used to be, okay, a pump shotgun was kind of cool, but everything else was kind of like, it was a different market space. And now you're seeing these more, I think the Saigas, as they, when they started coming in, was that 10, 15 years ago, mm-hmm. were kind of the starting point of that. And now you see all this stuff and it's, it's crazy to see, you know, bullpup shotguns and, and all these different configurations that take traditional, you know, it's like oh, Saiga mags in particular seem to be something that in the, the MKA magazines seem to be the two that everything's kind of standardizing on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. All right. Well, we finally finished that section Woo. and I'm pushing forward because I know you have a meeting soon. We're but, good right now. Okay, good. Because I hope they don't mind waiting because we're only I, halfway through. I am looking forward to <laughs> our, our next segment. So. All right, good. So before <laughs> we get into our next segment, I'm going to talk about uh, Sportsman's Guide real quick. So I just want you guys to know that there's they're offering free shipping on any orders that are $49 or more. And that includes ammo, which is great because you know, you can get a lot of great deals online with ammo, but then it's like, oh, just kidding. Here's the shipping costs and they're like outrageous. So, um, so anything, it doesn't matter what it is. If it exceeds $49, you get free shipping. And if you use the code gunfunny20, you will get $20 off your purchase of $100 or more. And that is at sportsmansguide.com. Yep. I know what I'm doing right after we're done. There's always cool surplus stuff Dude, there. Dude, I know. There's, I, am, uh, I know. Like, well, when I had the man spot on, he was the one who told me about all the cool surplus stuff. I honestly didn't have it. Like, I had no idea. So I've been kind of like looking here and there just because there's every, every day they're, they're putting new stuff on there. So, yep. Dang. So if you use that code, you'll get $20 off. All right. Getting into the AF segment. Stupid. Funny. Cool. Interesting. Awesome. As. Never mind. AF. So right before SHOT Show, something interesting uh, leaked out. It was a video that was taken from uh, Taron Butler. He was the one that was recording it. Apparently, this video leaked from, I don't know, one of his old Instagram employees. And uh, basically, it was him being super creepy with Jade Strzok, who is a former employee uh, shooter of Terran Tactical. And basically, he was like, you know, talking to her, pressuring her to show her, quote unquote, precious. Uh, so basically, like, you know, pull her pants down. And uh, I mean, it was just, I don't know, it's just super freaking creepy. Like, I could barely watch it. It was, uh, it was, I watched the first half of it and then I, I just turned I knew everything I needed to know then you know is it is painful to watch yeah so uh, here's the thing like people are saying like oh it was amicable you know flirting like it was back and forth it wasn't and guys if you think that that is like you know flirting then I feel bad for you because it's not like you could tell she was extremely uncomfortable and and I don't know her like I don't know Jade honestly like even the way she looks kind of scares the fuck out of me like anytime I've seen her or Taryn walk down the the aisle of like any you know event that I'm at I've always just like gone the other way mostly because he creeps me out and she just kind of looks like she'd just beat the shit out of you but so I don't know her so I'm not like necessarily sticking up for her but as a female and just the way that she's acting some of the things that she says like she's she said no a few times and stop it. But you can tell that she's kind of going with it because he's her boss. She's getting paid $90,000 a year to be one of their pro shooters. So it's like she's kind of, you know, 
it, it, she's kind of like wa- like tipping, you know, like stepping on her tippy toes to an extent by trying to play it off. But you could tell that she was very uncomfortable. And, um, I mean, it's just, it's always something with this, this creep. Like even last, was it last? No, it was like two years ago, right before shot or at shot. One of his, you know, quote unquote, other influencer shooters, uh, was, uh, interviewed by some magazine and it turns out she was like anti-gun and sounds like a total idiot, but it's like, cool way to, you know, way to vet these girls before, you know, putting your name on their Jersey. Uh, so it's weird. So it's kind of, I don't know. The whole thing's kind of weird. It's weird that it came out right before shot show. They always say that there's no such thing as bad publicity, but I do think that this is actually kind of, this is going to hurt Taryn because so there was this one girl that actually messaged all of his sponsors or the companies that work with him. And it's not completely confirmed. I've seen screenshots of her talking to these companies, but STI, Trigicon, and Benelli have cut ties with him. And then I also heard that John Wick, uh, the fourth movie, also will not be using his products. So that's good. And I hope that that is the truth. And I hope these companies definitely stick by it. As for all the other companies that he works with, like uh, BCM, Federal, those companies haven't said anything. They've been quiet about it. And he did release, uh, Taryn did release a statement on his Instagram, basically saying he's sorry and that the way he acted doesn't reflect on his values, which I'm like, okay. You know, I mean, it was, it was even painful to read like what he wrote. Can I just stop you right there? Because I did read that statement. That wasn't a statement from Taryn Butler. That was a statement from Taryn Butler's PR firm in his name, right? his crisis management team or whatever he's got there. It was really well written in very clear language of all the, this is not who I am. This is not what I reflect that I'm embarrassed. even though it was a private video and it got released, I, you know, that was, it was still inappropriate. I mean, it, it touched on all the buttons of, Oh God, I got to save my, how do we save this guy's career? Cause mm-hmm. money's at stake. Exactly. So. I know. And underneath that statement, there was a bunch of companies that were defending him, like so many people and companies. And if anybody disagreed, they'd immediately get blocked from his Instagram. Uh, one of the companies that I noticed right off the bat was F1 Firearms. They're like, hey, these things happen. We support you. And, you know, I'm sure that even my uh, opinion of this is probably going to a lot of people disagree with it. But I personally think any company or person that's going to back him up is disgusting. They're like just as much to blame as he is. They are the problem. And, you know, being a female in this industry and having to deal with assholes like him, you know, where it's like, you're kind of just put in a position where it's like, you know, I, I honestly, I feel bad for Jade. I don't think that, I don't think that this was a position that she wanted to be in. I think that she saw a really good opportunity, a good job. And she, you know, you could tell she enjoys shooting and, and she didn't want to lose her job. There is so much I have to say here. <laughs> I know. And I'm going to, if you don't mind. I, no, I'm gonna go s- for it. I guess that's why we're here, right, to discuss this. Okay, so I'm going to play the devil's advocate a little bit okay. at the beginning. But the hear me out here, anybody who's listening, I am not supporting at all what happened here. And I've got a lot of thoughts on this. First... People can be in relationships or or wanting to start a relationship and people can 
say things, do things, and in this internet cell phone age, record things that were not meant for public consumption, mm-hmm. that that are private and meant between two people, or even if other, you know, sounds like there were some other people in the background or, or whatever, you know, yeah. I'm not saying that Jade was in any kind of romantic or otherwise, other than a business relationship with Tarn. I don't know. I'm not there. I wasn't part of it. That being said, for the love of God, even if that was personal and they were in some kind of relationship and he wasn't their bought her boss, which right there, don't date employees, don't sleep with employees, don't even flirt with employees. That's bad juju. I mean that you just don't do that in this day and age or ever, you know. Do not let your social media manager get a hold of that video and then do something that pisses them off that, that you fire them or whatever happens private stuff between two individuals is private stuff between two individuals that are consenting and i use that word because i agree with you she was uncomfortable now was yeah. she uncomfortable in, in a coy way was she uncomfortable because her it's her boss maybe one maybe both i don't know yeah. i don't know i wasn't there i don't know what their relationship was you know what else is creepy is when this video, so this video was recorded a few years ago. So people are questioning if oh, she was even 18. My wife asked the same question. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So people are, are wondering if she was even 18 or younger, like mm-hmm. if she was even a consenting adult at the time. And I mean, even if she was 18, like think about how old he is. It's yeah. still all around. It's disgusting. He's creepy. And I get it. Like I'm not a perfect angel. Like I've, you know, like things that I've done uh, in past relationships, you know, conversations, texting, whatever, like I would never want it to get out. And I'm not saying that, you know, people who are defending him, that there's not messages that we wouldn't want being yeah. posted on the front page of the newspaper, but it's still just the fact that like he, he did this to potentially somebody who was underaged. He definitely used and like, an his employee. power. Uh, yeah. I mean, any way you cut it, that's your employee. That's not okay. Yeah. You, you, you cannot do that because there is no, no court of law mm-hmm. <laughs> that's going to say that they are not in, a, in a subservient position where they could take it as pressure. And even if she didn't take it that way, she could still sue for the, you know, like it, it's still, you were inherently in a compromised position when uh, somebody who is your boss is mm-hmm. is making an advance like that there's yeah. nothing you can do about it whether it's a, a guy's the boss and the girl is the the employee or a girl's the boss and a guy is the employer mm-hmm. guy and guy and girl and girl it doesn't matter it's you just don't do that you know that's especially when you're in a public industry like this especially you know like yeah definitely and i i feel like i, I sound like i'm defending the guy and i and i'm not so Ava, I, I'm assuming, and hopefully we don't run into the land of libel and slander here, but I assume you had heard rumors and things in the industry too, right? Like, don't go around tearing, don't stuff like that, because yeah. that's, we, well, it's like, had been said through the industry for years. Like, this is, yeah. to anybody in the industry, I don't think this is a surprise at all. The only surprise is something was leaked that proved it to the rest of the industry, you know, or yeah. the public at general and ruined his reputation that, you know, I've, I've heard people say, well, I mean, there's leave. always been, I've always heard rumors and again, rumors, yeah. like you don't know rumors, if they're true rumor, or not, yeah. but, but um, I, I will say like the guy just, you know how you just have 
feelings about certain people, like when you're in the same room with them. Mm-hmm. And you're like, not he's the only woman I've, I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's extremely creepy. He walks around with like all these girls around him. He's like the Hugh Hefner of like the gun industry. So yeah, that's the other thing. If it's all, I think part of it is, well, let me, let me ask the, the hypothetical. It's more of a rhetorical question here. Do you think he is paying those girls this gaggle of girls. I mean, he's got what, a dozen of them at any one time. Mm-hmm. A lot of which are barely of age, yeah. consenting age. Do you think he's paying them $90,000 a year? So you're talking over a million dollars a year for all these girls. He always poses with them mm-hmm. and everything. Is he paying them to be pro shooters or is he paying them to surround himself with beautiful girls? Right. What is their role? And then the question, you know, and the question is how many of these girls think they're actually getting paid to be a professional shooter? How many of them see it as a, a way to step their career? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you go down this dark Hollywood esque rabbit hole of questions Yeah. of just, you know, man, I don't even know where to begin. I, I don't well, agree like with you any don't, of it. You don't see any, like he doesn't have any women that are unfortunate looking, like they're all gorgeous. They, yeah. you know, they can I, shoot. He, I mean, they definitely shoot well, but he doesn't have any, it, it, like maybe I would kind of question it if he had some girls that were like, all right, a little overweight. All right. Not so, you know, not so beautiful, but they're all, I mean, just model quality and cute, yeah. you know, young and yeah. Just, and not to, not to be shallow here, but look, look, the surface impression is you've got a sweaty, slightly overweight, oh, kind of creepy dude he is so who surrounds himself with young, beautiful women with the money he has. Yeah. And he's he's not just slightly like, overweight. What like, kind of impression is... does that give everybody about you? Like like yeah. maybe he's living his his dream of wow, finally, you know, I'm I'm a good shooter and I always wanted to be around beautiful women and I want to sponsor these women. Maybe I don't buy it. I, you know, my personal opinion is he's using his fame and fortune as leverage to get what he wants <laughs> mm-hmm. in his business, which is just wrong. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just wrong. And it's, it's a shame if anybody, any of those girls believes that's why they're getting hired. And it's a shame if any of them know that's why they're getting hired and do it anyhow as a way to leverage their career to get into the movies or, or whatever it may be. That's kind of the, the impression I've gotten is a lot of them, viewed as a stepping stone because Taryn Butler is famous and Taryn Tactical did the John Wick movies and mm-hmm. stuff. So now I can, I can use this to get connections in the industry. Maybe I'll meet Keanu Reeves or whoever, yeah. you know, I don't know. It's, this is all just my personal speculation, yeah. but yeah, none of it's, none of it's right. And it, it just confirms at least to me, everything. It, it just is another confirmation of what everybody kind of already suspected. Mm-hmm. That he's um, a creep. Yeah. 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 I don't support him. No, absolutely <laughs> I'm not. not. And I'm his company at all. I'm um, really proud of the companies that did, you know, cut ties with him. And I hope that yeah. that is, you know, again, it's, there's only messages, there's screenshots of messages of these companies saying that uh-huh. they cut ties. So it hasn't been completely official, but I hope that that is the case because if that is, then they gain my respect. Yeah. And the, the John Wick four, if the movie cut ties, because honestly, you know, my wife, Kristen, and I talked about this the other night. She's She's been in the industry and everything, you know, for quite a few years. And she said she always felt uncomfortable around him, like just got the creepy vibe. And, and it's hard to explain, you know, there's there's not necessarily a, a solid way to explain that. But, 
you know, I trust my wife's gut feeling on things. I trust mm-hmm. my own gut feeling. And I, I kind of had a similar feeling. And she said, well, what do you think is going to happen? I said, probably nothing. Okay. Yeah. Trijicon cut ties, but I, I'm sure he'll still do the movies. So in some ways, you know, I'm glad to see that Hollywood maybe isn't as hypocritical as I just thought they were. Maybe yeah. I'm cynical about it, but to me, it's Hollywood always is hash, you know, kind of support of the hashtag me too, which is a valid thing, but that they'll say one thing in public and then mm-hmm. do another in private, you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah. And maybe it, that's not the case. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe there actually are some people there who actually believe in values and not just in money. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right, moving on. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Sharps Bros. Okay. All right, so I went back and I looked for this video and I'm like, did I dream it? But I'm pretty sure Sharps Bros, John Sharps, I think he designed something that is in the airsoft realm. Uh, that's using all of their parts, you know, all of his, his parts, but obviously it's, you know, the airsoft edition, which is kind of cool, but he's definitely working on a lot of cool stuff. I highly recommend checking him out. You can do so at sharpsbros.com. Q and A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. All right, today's question, and this is a weird question, uh, is anything on your body fake? <laughs> uh, so I can say 100% everything is real. My hair, my eyelashes, I haven't had any like body whatever, you know, any surgeries or anything like that, which apparently is like weird because after reading this question, I, I was like thinking back to a few months ago, I was talking to somebody who has a really pretty wife. And I was telling him, cause he's like, Oh, well, you have fake eyelashes or something. I was like, no, I don't. I'm like, my eyelashes are real. Like I would never get even like the threaded eyelashes. I think they look great, but they, you know, over time they're going to ruin your eyelashes and they're expensive to keep up with. Like I think filling it is like a hundred dollars every three months or three weeks. And I'm like, yeah, screw that. I don't, I don't have that money to waste. My hair is real. Um, I just take vitamins and stuff, but most people are wearing hair extensions. They have the fake eyelashes, you know, maybe fake boobs, whatever. But I just, I don't know. I, I, I've, I guess I've been lucky that I don't have to use that stuff, but I'm not saying that I wouldn't or that I'm against it. I just personally just don't want to spend the money on it. What about you, Sven? Is anything on you fake? Uh, no, I don't even have tattoos, piercings, anything. I wear a wedding ring. Actually, I got Strangely, two of them on today. That's okay, a, that's, that's weird. <laughs> what happened in Vegas? <laughs> I, I normally have a, a tungsten ring for my wedding ring, and yeah. then I was working on stuff in the shop a lot, and my wife got me a, a silicone ring, right? So if, if my finger got caught in something, it, I yeah, crush it under the ring and have to cut my finger off because then where do you put your ring? But no, I just I found it the other day, and I just stuck it on my finger and you while haven't I was taken you know, it off? Like cleaning or whatever, and I found it. <laughs> And apparently forgot to take it off two days ago. So now I've been walking around with two wedding rings. <laughs> you're like, you're like, ask. I just love her twice as much. I know. So Either that or I'm you real, got married. Real. Everything's good. Maybe so. you got married in, in Vegas. We don't know. Uh, Ever since maybe we've been I back. Don't know. Maybe I don't remember a day or two I was there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have any tattoos or uh, I have my ears pierced and my belly there button, but that's it. So, all right. Well, on that note, let's talk about a polymer 80. 
So when I was at their booth, uh, I got to handle the new PF320 PTEX. Don't ask me where they come up with these names, but essentially it's... Can you translate that? Yeah, I I don't know. (laughs) What does it translate to? (laughs) I don't know. I think it's polymer full-size 320 uh, polymer uh, Texan. (laughs) No, I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea. But essentially it's, it's like the SIG. P320 frame. Oh, cool. And I gotta, I've, I've noticed that that's kind of like the direction that things are going in. I think because military and law enforcement adopt, adopted the P320. So mm-hmm. instead of like having all these aftermarket Glock parts, which I think essentially by having the military and, and law enforcement use the SIG as their, their duty weapons, that created a, a whole nother market for, for, for SIG parts. So I, I, think that that's kind of why we've seen an uptick in the 320 parts but it does fit all of the 320 you know parts the internals the slide the magazine so that's pretty cool it hasn't been released yet it should be available in the next couple of months so stay tuned for that in the meantime head on over to palmrady.com if you see something you like use the code gunfunny and that will get you 15 percent off tactic talk Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. All right, so Sven, you wanted to talk about trends in the industry that we saw it shot. Well, let's see, attendance was down, but, you know, was there was there less innovation? Did people seem to have better luck? Um, so we'll start with you. What were your thoughts on on overall this year at SHOT? I thought crowds were down. I could actually move through the aisles. Actually, the best judge of that is how my meetings were spaced out and right. if I had to struggle to get to the next one. Right. Uh, that And it seemed like, uh, actually talking to some of the people in the booths, everybody was like, yeah, everybody's a deal maker here. You might be not be making a deal with them, but it, it definitely seemed that, you know, and even last year, I think the crowds were less, but three years ago, and I, I can't remember, I assume you were there too. Mm-hmm. Man, it would just be packed. There was... A, did you notice there was no milk cart, the milk crates this year? I like, saw, I didn't see a single one this year. I saw one and they okay, were but, walking in front of me and I almost like tripped on it because those things are like heat seeker missiles for your ankles. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, it, it, to me, I think, you know, now they're requiring if, if somebody comes under your, your FFL's name or your company's name, you've got to show they're actually an employee of you. It seems that a lot of the, uh, the little media people quote, and I say media in quotes, where it's basically a guy who has a YouTube channel with a hundred followers. God bless them. Everybody started there, but a lot of these guys just use it as a way to get into the show. Mm-hmm. I didn't see a lot of that there. Actually, I didn't see a lot of what I would consider hardcore media at all this year, really filming. You know, I think. Oh, okay. Well, you saw me. All right. Oh, I saw you. I mean, no, and then, you know, but it's like you said, you were kind of anchored to like I was... 10 locations and that was about yeah. it. Like, like, yeah. Well, I did, I reported live from the Sentry Arms booth, which shout out to Sentry Arms for being the, you know. Oh, that's right. I visited you there. I should know that. (laughs) Did you, did you come and see me at the Sentry Arms booth? Yeah. Oh yeah, you did. I didn't remember either though, so it's okay. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. This is what SHOT Show is, right? You meet like a million people and then you remember later, oh man, I totally forgot. Right. Met that person. Yeah. So yeah, Sentry Arms. You like had your entourage showing up all the time. So various people who knew you. So. Yeah. Which was nice. I appreciate everybody who came to see me and everyone who recorded live with me. Um, we definitely had like a huge turnout. 
really great companies, just, I mean, even really big names like SIG, IWI, mm-hmm. Springfield, all of these companies that wanted to go live with Paul and I. And I'm really thankful for Century Arms for being the title sponsor and hosting us at the booth, which is great because, you know, even just getting that booth, every little square footage is like thousands of dollars. So oh, I just, yeah, you have no, I mean, it's insane. Just it the is. carpets. Yeah, I know. <laughs> just renting carpets, stupid expensive. I know. So I appreciate them letting us set up there and, and go live, you know, live there for three days. But, but yeah, that's right. You should come and see me. <laughs> and obviously. It, it's okay. It's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not a, a, a big swinger like, uh, IWI or SIG, but that's awesome. Oh, like, whatever. <laughs> whatever. But I did notice a lot of the companies that I talked to, they did say that even though attendance was down, they seemed to see a lot more deals and make a lot more mm-hmm. progress, which you typically don't hear that much at SHOT Show. Like, I feel which, bad for a lot of these companies because they pay so much money. I mean, upwards of like probably half a million dollars to be at SHOT. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you, it's you get really some of those larger booths and yeah. it's for to, to unload. Actually, uh, I know for a lot of people said because you got to have. I think it's the Teamsters or some you somebody has to offload the stuff. Maybe it's Freeman or whatever it is there at the facility. And a lot of people said have told me in the past it's more expensive to get your stuff offloaded at the dock and up to your space than it is to take it across country by freight. But but the costs add up quick. Like we looked at doing a booth, and I'm I'm there just there for meetings. We do the NRA AM show, but yeah, it is. It just it wasn't worth the cost. Like like I'm trying to figure out who I'm marketing to there. Mm-hmm. Which, which sounds like a weird thing, but, um, but it's true. It's if anybody, any, anybody out there is listening right now and you're like, man, I got like a world beater product idea and I'm going to go get my 10 by 10 booth at shot show. And I'm going to spend my, you know, you start Last doing the penny. math and probably <laughs> if you're going with one other person, if you can even get a booth, much less the little next space was a two by four booth, you know, you're in for 20 grand minimum, and and, you know, including cause your travel, your food, bringing your stuff in, setting up your booth, buying your booth, renting carpet, renting any furniture you need. This stuff adds up really fast. And the thing I always, never could figure out about SHOT Show is, especially when the public was in there a lot more, it's meant to be a business-to-business show. It's meant to be media people like you come in and so-and-so is talking to this distributor or these two people are talking about a business deal together. You know, we had a lot of that going on. The Wraithworks guns were on display. A lot of people talk to Wraithworks and want to carry the gun. Hey, that's great. That's exactly what that show is meant for. You know, the public seeing the gun is kind of secondary almost because SHOT Show was actually meant to be originally you show off your new products. It was like an auto show and then see what people are interested in and what they're going to buy and then decide if you're going to manufacture it. And now people, I think with the modern culture moving so fast – if it's not in stock, they like lose their minds. What, what do you mean I can't buy it right now? Mm-hmm. So, man, I just went on a tangent there, didn't I? Or, yeah, oh, I, man, almost, monolog- I almost took a like little Hamlet monologue about shot. <laughs> I almost took a little nap. No, I'm just oh. kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's like when you do interviews, right? You just take <laughs> yeah, a little nap. Exactly. Prop your eyes open, just kind of glaze over. So. <gasps> uh, that was another thing that somebody wrote on my YouTube uh, video of me going live. They're like, Wow, Ava, you look bored and distracted. And I'm like, again, <laughs> resting bitch face. And two, I'm distracted because I'm constantly paying attention to my surroundings. Like, sorry I that say, I it's, trained it's not myself. resting bitch face. RBF stands for resting bored face. <laughs> but I really wasn't bored. It's just one of those things nah. where I'm usually thinking about what they're saying. And uh-huh. it's, you know, I don't naturally just keep a smile on my face. Like, that hurts my face. But as far as being distracted, I'm constantly looking around at what's going on around me. 
just because as an instructor, I've trained myself to constantly be aware of my surroundings. So it's just, you know, I was just like, God, people, you know, just keep talking shit. People keep talking <laughs> shit. Trying to think what else. You know, uh, that's trend wise. I, I think we already mentioned like the five, seven, it seems to be having a bit of a renaissance. And then you know, lots like- of, lots of companies have now started chambering, uh, the exact same gun in 22 long rifle, not just Glock, uh-huh. but we've seen, you know, Chris Vector. I mean, there's just a handful of guns that have, you know, and I want to say that's an easy, an easy sell, but if you like a gun and they offer it, or maybe you don't want to pay for the ammo, but you like the look of it. Cause a lot of it's aesthetics. A lot of it's what looks cool, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it makes sense. It makes sense for a company cause you've already got a design. It's not as too hard usually to pack a, um, a 22 long rifle into something that's larger caliber. You got a lot of room to work with. So yeah. it makes sense to me. It does. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, moving on, let's talk about my new sponsor, Trigger Brew. I got to remember that audio buffer is always a little abrupt. <laughs> Bam, coming at you just like, you know, caffeine. So Trigger Brew is a coffee company. Obviously, you know, it's like every other coffee company out there. It's veteran owned, but that's all I'll say as far as them being kind of the same. If you try their coffee, don't just, you know, you're not going to buy it just because their names are funny. Like they have a coffee that's uh, illegal in California, gourmet shit, like just really funny names for the coffee, but it tastes really good. I've, I've tried them all at this point. There isn't any that I don't like. This morning I had some gourmet shit. Uh, that again is the name of the, the flavor of the coffee. And, um, and it's a light, it's a, a light brew, which doesn't light brew, don't they? It, you would think the opposite, but light brews actually have more caffeine, I believe, than the dark roast. If you're you asking know? me, I have no idea. I, I don't drink coffee. Oh. So well, I, I'm one of those people. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, you must. That is the one thing that I do religiously every day. The minute I wake up, I'm like, I need coffee. So I, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled obviously to have them as a sponsor because then I get unlimited coffee as well, but definitely check them out. Go to triggerbrew.com, use the code gunfunny and that gets you 20% off. And this coffee is definitely not going to cost you an arm and a leg. Contrary to the name gourmet shit, it's definitely gourmet, but you're not going to pay for it. All right. iTunes review. So next week I'm going to read. I'm going to read a review that somebody mailed me, which I, it just makes me laugh because apparently they had no idea how to work iTunes, which I get it. It's a pain in the ass if you don't have an iPhone and you can't just click on the app and log in. But so they actually mailed me an iTunes review, which I'm going to read that next week. And it was funny, but the ones that were actually written on iTunes is Squatty Bob. Of course, you know, he's pretty much my number one iTunes reviewer at this point. Five stars. I hit the wrong button. I'm all jacked up on cold medicine and I hit the one star meant to hit the five because this show is good. I really liked the last one with the lady who wears a tinfoil hat. It was a good mix. (laughs) Um, Squatty Bob, you have to make up for that by going in and putting a lot more five star reviews to fix that because that's that's a killer, man. You're destroying her. I know, right? It's like one little one star. It's like your credit report. Like, or even, you know, it's like, it's like, 
it's like Amazon reviews, right? You see like 55 five-star reviews and then the one person who has the one-star review and then like they're reviewing something in a foreign language. Yeah. And, or, it, and it has nothing to do with the product or yes, they're just like, they're well, I didn't. Amazon took two extra days to deliver it and it has yeah. nothing to do with the product. But exactly. You ruined that product's rep. I know. <laughs> yeah. So get on it, Squatty Bob. Get off that cold medicine, even though I think everyone at this point in the industry is drinking cold medicine. Feel better, Squatty Bob. <laughs> Tactical 616, five stars, best podcast. Just started getting into podcasts, and this was the first one I've checked out. I have to say, you set the bar high. Love the show. Love the guests. And now looking forward to Mondays. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks. All right, Sven. So out of those two, who would you like to be a winner? Uh, if Tactical 616 will guarantee to not listen to any other podcasts and only yours, I'm going to go with Tactical 616. All right. Sorry, Squatty Bob. Uh, you get a silver medal. So. Yeah. I mean, you tried, but you know, the one star, that's just, that's, that's not cool, bro. Actually, I will mention to the person who wrote a review and mailed it in because that is just amazing. <laughs> I'm going to take a picture of it and I'm going to put it on my Instagram because it literally made me laugh. They even Wait, drew stars. Think about that. Today, writing a letter actually takes effort. And <laughs> that person actually cared. I know. Yeah, no, it's it's hilarious. They even took the time to like draw the stars and uh, entitle it. And yeah, it's just it makes me laugh. So. I could tell you they're already going to be the winner next week. And if my guest doesn't choose them, well, I'll still send them something. That's cool. And, and just, just so you know, uh, Tactical 616, Squatty Bob, you're both wonderful human beings for listening to the show. <laughs> and uh, even if somebody, you know, mishit a one star instead of a five, thank you for being honest about that. We appreciate it. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. We're going to finally wrap up after what? The show's an hour and a half. Congrats, Sven. I think you heard that 22 Plinkster was the longest show and you were like, all right. Uh, Just dragging this shit out. Yeah. yeah you're like, well. I'm not, I'm not a loser. I'm going to talk his. It's fun to talk. This is fun. I enjoyed this. It's fun to recap shot show. Absolutely. You know, one of the things talking to, uh, speaking of 22 Plinkster. So in April, I'm going to go on his channel and I'm going to do a shoot off with him. So I want you guys, listeners, I get to pick whatever the shoot off is going to be. And I'm trying to think, all right, what are my advantages and what are his disadvantages? And he's like over six foot. I'm, you know, I've been working out doing bar classes. Well, not in the last three weeks, but you know, I think I could do like a bar pose and maybe cut, like shoot a, shoot a gun where the bullet, you know, slashes the card, a playing card in half. So I'm thinking that maybe that's what I'll do, but I'm really open to suggestions and I'd love to hear what you guys think of. So definitely don't hesitate to write in, just go to gunfunny.com, contact us and uh and submit your suggestion because i'm i'm definitely open for it and it'll be should be a pretty good uh a pretty good video in the meantime if you want to find me on anything else go to gunfunny.com there's links to both youtube channels i uploaded a lot of stuff from shot show so definitely check out my ava flanell youtube channel and uh and there's a video of sven talking about the wreathworks uh war scope not war scorp nine and if you enjoy the show, you want to support the show, consider becoming a Patreon. I know Sven, he's in the Patreon group, and uh, I think it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of good people in that group. There's lots of different levels, but just $1 will get you access to the Patreon-only group on Facebook page. Blown Deadline is also giving away a gift certificate, $300 gift certificate to a lucky patron every month. And your patron helps to support the show as well as help to afford an editor who is Kenny Ortega. He does an excellent job. He's also another person that I saw in Vegas. Did you get a chance to meet Kenny? 
I've met Kenny. Okay. Um, once or twice. Uh, he's a really nice guy. So Definitely. Andy does a great editing job. He so. does. Yeah. He makes me sound so much better than I am. Unless, you know, who knows? I don't even go back and listen to the shows at this point. He'll have this episode <laughs> down to 12 minutes by the time he edits all the bad parts out. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, no kidding. And I want to thank our $25 Patreons who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran, 8888, Ryan Morrison, Michael Alexio, Elliot, and Mike Pappas. Funny story about that. Elliot actually pays to include Mike Pappas's name who works for Dead Air Silencers and I, uh, I met Mike. Well, I've met him. I've known him for a little while now, but he's a pretty funny guy, but it's funny because, you know, Elliot and Mike, it seems to be that they're together now. So that's interesting. Joe Lyons, Charger Arms, and Justin Paulson. And King of the Patreon is still Jon Snow. He wants me to say that Operator Tickles likes her carrots like the skulls of her enemies crushed. And uh, yeah, Tickles loves her carrots. She, she eats the little baby mini carrot sticks. All right, Sven, thank you so much for spending the last hour and a half and recapping on SHOT Show and telling us about the new gun you designed and uh, just two things. What can people expect from Manicore and uh, like in the near future and where can they find you? In the near future, hopefully more this year, we'll have more products. Last year, we were pretty busy designing the Wraithworks gun and a lot of other stuff that's coming out. This week, the Tavor 7 curved butt pad went on sale. So if you got a 308 Tavor, uh, that's now available. And uh, you can find us on Facebook to search for Manicore Arms on Instagram. I believe it's Manicore Arms also. And uh, at manticorearms.com. That's our web store. And uh, you can find all our neat products in stock. And if you guys like something, you find something you like, just use the code GUNFUNNY15 and that gets you 15% off. Darn right. And uh, yeah, definitely drop by their social media pages. I hear they have an awesome social media girl. We have an actual girl doing yeah. our social media. That's right. So. HK, did you hear that? Burn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, we are out of here. <laughs> Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact. <laughs>